What's up, Michael T. Justice? I've been listening to you do your thing on Spotify. As y'all know, we are on Spotify. I am your girl, the guru, Lupus Warrior. And I just wanted to say thanks for listening. I appreciate you take care of yourself and enjoy your weekend. Rock hard, my brother. Peace. Hey, what's up, everybody? Happy Saturday. I am uh, just out here getting on with my day, and I thought I would uh, jump in here because, well, it's been almost a week since I did, and I wanted to say thank you to uh, some people for a few voice messages that I got, and uh, I'll probably play some of them here a little bit later when I get uh, to a stopping point where I can do so. Right now, I'm driving cross town to uh, replace a tire that is very near well it's past ball the little metal threads are showing so uh it's time to get them done uh past time to get them done so i'm on my way to take care of that <coughs> excuse me so um want to uh hit a couple of things and uh i'll to make the little appropriate files for him and try and get back to it. One, I want to get this one out before I uh, forget it. It's a book slash movie idea just because what the heck? I was just uh, thinking about it. So the here's the idea. It's kind of crazy. So my wife was watching this TV show. I don't even remember what it was exactly when I left the house here a few minutes ago and it was about, it was like something she watched a lot of stuff on like the History Channel and Native was that National Geographic or whatever uh, but anyway it was about Native American uh, was it Navajo um, art and they were talking about on the show they were talking about these sand paintings that they do to uh, call the spirits to heal you and then they get rid of the painting when the person's done when the ceremony's done so basically they make this painting with these certain colors and whatnot and it calls the spirits and then those spirits you know you sit on the the uh painting and uh you know i guess the spirits heal you or whatever and then you go you know then uh you're supposed to release the spirits by destroying you destroy the painting and everything and that releases the spirits and all this kind of stuff right and so um, part of this show um, had the guy um, showing or the guy was uh, the whoever the host had this rug uh, this this woven rug and he was talking with this old Navajo man and he was telling him that you know these are this is what these symbols are was from the sand paintings and everything and they explained the the whole ceremony and all that stuff well right there the guy goes uh you're not supposed to do this he's like I don't know who did this but it's like they and then somebody said that these were rare rugs and there were only like 20 of them made or something um in like the early 1900s and um, I don't know I just started thinking man 
that would be the great backdrop for like uh and this is gonna be stupid but whatever because <laughs> they keep doing it with all them damn marvel movies and stuff right is what if like when they printed that spirit or whatever or not printed that spirit when they printed that 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 uh rug that because according to that what i understood them to be saying the tradition was it was like that pulls the spirit in to that painting so it can do the heal healing or whatever process right and so what if you had like somebody who finds one of these old rugs and it's like you know the spirits are trapped in there because that's the whole point of you have to destroy it in order to get rid of it so so if some dude sits on some rug and this spirit has been trapped in this thing for over a hundred years and now they sit on the rug and um and then it it gets uh released or the spirit goes into the dude i don't know and then when they burn the rug or something i don't know how you destroy the rug while the guy's sitting on it but in whatever case it goes into the dude or something you know one of the, your classic your classic uh uh what do they call that when the spirit takes you over invest not investment uh what's that stuff called where they the spirit well you got to get exercised because you have been possessed right your classic possession uh story right i it, it may have been done a little bit with that chick that was running around the but it's always been Egyptians and stuff. I don't think they've ever done it with like a Native American. So why not? And you could come back and be like, where's that damn Iron Man building his damn building on top of my grave or something? I don't know. But of course, that would make him the bad guy. And that would not be good because he's Native American. He should be coming back going, I'm going to get rid of all these monsters. That may not make it in uh, present day. Another 20 years, that might make it. And I think that might be what white people are afraid of. If people start having them kind of ideas or fashion, you know, fiction that's not like the horror story. is like, you know, if that was like the ending, it was like the 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 Native American gods come back and win it. <laughs> Probably not, but you know, that would be but the story, you know, would would be that I don't even know what I'm trying to say at this point. Just that uh, it would be a fun comic book thing because you don't really got to explain all the comic book stuff because I start thinking deeper into it and and why people might be opposed to that idea, but um, that's just me. So anyway, there's an idea for a... Because uh, I, I want to say that one of the new heroes that they're trying to bring out is a Native American. So I don't know where if they don't have one, could 
Bring out, make be a good spirit. Don't got to be coming back looking to fight Iron Man. Maybe come back to be helping Iron Man. Be like, alright, alright, alright. I know your people wiped my people out and everything, but I'm going to go ahead and side with you motherfuckers because you're the good guys. Right? <laughs> oh, man. Why do black people always got to be all sassy about the whole white supremacy thing? Can't help it, man. But I did do a post earlier in the day uh, on Facebook and meant to do Twitter so I need to do that because I had talked about this concept in my podcast a little bit earlier Um, and I'm going to put that in a separate segment so I'll be right back okay right so I have posted a story on my Facebook uh, Michael T. Justice, uh, and possibly on Twitter. I don't know if I did that or not. Uh, was in my intention, also at Michael T. Justice. Uh, but here's here's the thing. It's a story about. I don't know if you heard this this thing going on. Uh, some. So, we live in this gotcha game culture right now, right? I think everybody's fully aware of that because we live in this situation right now where everybody's trying to to uh, tear everybody down and, and you know, I was kind of joking about it here just a second ago when I was talking about white people not being ready for certain ideas or whatever and one of them is this thing about supremacy and stuff and so what happens is I'm going to ask you to bear with me on this because I'm trying to thread a needle uh, if you will because my position on this I don't want to be labeled and boxed into some position that's not my position and that's how people tend to do things and that's my whole point because I did a podcast a, a few days ago where I was talking with my son about racism and about how there's not enough words to describe it. There's not enough terms, I guess would be the better way to say that. There, there's not enough terms for everything right now. And so one of the stories that I came across in one of my news feeds this morning was about uh, was by a Chinese woman. I, I'm, I, I say she's Chinese. Uh, Asian woman out of uh, Harvard, and she was it's out of the Harvard book or mag. They've got like a, a, a journal or magazine, you know, that somehow made it to the news feeds. But anyway, she was making this argument about. Um, I guess the New York Times recently hired a uh, editorial writer uh, who is Asian and she had tweeted at some point she had done something kind of like what I just did you know where you, you say something like oh white people are I can't remember exactly what she said but she was like another white guy trying to tell somebody how to do something oh white people get over it or something like that I don't even remember exactly what the tweet was, but it was specifically targeted at white people, and it was uh, a statement, (laughs) you know what I mean, and it was, 
not a kind statement and whatever you want to call it uh i'm not sure how to this is why i start talking about the terms thing because sure you can call it racist because that's what the whole kerfuffle is about right is you've got some um what happens is white people get upset and the people who get called down like the Steve Bannons and and those kind of folks and the Richard Spencers and the people who are like white power or whatever or I don't know I I know somebody who put a thing like on their Facebook I'm proud to be white if you ain't proud to be white you are or if you're not afraid you'll repost it or something like that like dude what's the what are you proud to be white for I mean you don't it's like a misunderstanding. It's a, and it's a. Here comes the turn. Here comes the, the problem. Is is it's hard for me to talk about this because I've been talking about it, in my own head for so long that I'm arguing against myself and stuff or or trying to, tie in other arguments. But here's the thing, white people, it seems, or some white people, get. Very anxious when you start talking about this stuff and so when you call out somebody who has you know got you know I can't even think of what some of the examples of people that have been released from their positions for like Obama's a monkey or some you know these comments that people have gotten caught within their Twitter feeds or Twitter feeds and whatnot. And and then they end up getting in trouble for making some comments or whatever. And there becomes this argument that, that some white people want to talk about a double standard because, well, you can say this. Well, nobody, A, right, is talking about white people being under and not deserving to even be, you know, included in the game. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, when we're talking about racism white to others, we're talking about them not allowing officially and maintaining that official stance, you know, halting its erosion, keeping it in place. And that is because we suffer from an institutional racism, you know, an inst- like it is designed, it's baked in. This is the term that I was using uh, when I was talking with my son about this stuff. Uh, because institutional racism doesn't even fit for me as a term. And I guess because I've heard it described, come on, man, you see, I'm trying to get over, move out the fucking way, you moron. Shit fucking driving four miles an hour. Alright. Um, <laughs> I am so sorry. I am going to leave that in there. But my God, I've got to get control of myself. That was so completely uncalled for. And that's part of the problem is we are like on edge ready to destroy people. Like, for doing stupid things like 
driving at a speed that doesn't match your speed. <laughs> you know what I mean? You do, I mean, and that's the little stuff. Now we're not even talking about, oh my God, you voted Democrat or Republican. You know, I mean, this is where we are. But back to the, and, and partially it's, and I'm not laying this at the feet of black people or the, the people that are trying to get out from under this thing. It's on, I guess it's on white people to pick this stuff up and to start talking about it. And let me advise you to pick up some alternate terms. Uh, and I'll try to help, you know what I mean? Because like I say, uh, before I was so rudely interrupted by that evil person inside of me, uh, the institutional racism doesn't quite do it for me because I've heard it explained this way and I think people generally take it this way that the institutions themselves were created as racist and therefore and I don't I want to say that that is not how we should look at it not because that is untrue that racism was involved in it from its very beginning and that it was created as a racist institution but only in so far as it was in a racist society and we are still and we are because look I used to weigh damn near 300 pounds I now weigh right around 200 pounds I am still overweight but every week, if not at least once a week, if not two or three times a week, somebody sees me that hasn't seen me in a little while or just re-remembers that I've lost a hundred freaking pounds. And they go, wow, you are really slim, but no, I'm still fat, right? Because it's a spectrum. It's a, it's a thing. We are still racist. We're not as racist as, you know, the, the racists who grab people off the street and say, hey, man, you whistled at my wife. You're dead. That's Emmett Till. Okay, that's 50 years ago. Or no, a little bit more than 50 years ago. That's 60 years ago. I mean, that's where we were. Now... You can say it is different, or you can say it's still bad, but it's not as bad, and it's not the same. It is not fixed, but we have to have a more nuanced attitude towards this stuff. So this story, to get back to this story about this Asian woman who's brought onto the New York Times and so all these people are trying to say like oh look here the New York Times has a double standard because they let this woman on here and she's here so she should be fired just like this other guy was attacked or like Bill O'Reilly or I don't even remember who exactly they were 
using as their example of who was fired for something. Because uh, I, I really just can't think of anybody right off the top of my head. Um, I mean, really. They, they, I mean, just, I don't see it right now. Uh, or please send me a message if you can remember one. Because I don't want to be one-sided. I really do want to have dialogue on these issues. Uh, uh, so anyway, this they let the woman, is, is still there, right? And so this young lady who is a student at Harvard was writing and she was making a point that I agree with that, you know, there were people who came out in defense of the young lady on the stand on the paper and they're saying part of their line of argument is that, that you know, the non-white can't be racist argument, right? Like blacks can't be racist because this is a racist society and therefore racist, racism is about power. And blah, 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 blah. And I talked about this with my son the other day because I don't want him having that I, I, I just think that's like a, a the wrong conclusion to it all because you, however you are going to define it racism sure we can say it requires power but it's the only power that of you know Jim Crow statutes <laughs> you know no racism is more I mean racism is it's extent when I go to look for a job and this guy doesn't give me the job because he don't hire blacks that is racism it would be racism if I don't hire whites. Because I do have some power. It ain't the all-told power. But, you know, hey, we got to be fair in talking about this. And then we can say, yeah, because we're trying to do something different. We're trying to, and this is where you get into the square-on conversation about affirmative action. And, and that is in relation to the whole point that, you know, affirmative action is clearly has a purpose, and that purpose is to, um, at least to my mind, it clearly has a purpose, and that purpose is to counteract the negative action that was so much of American policy, right? I mean, American policy in this country for a long time has been such that, uh, oh, I just went the wrong turn, uh, but has been such that, you know, the problems that we see existing exist because of the policies of the past, right? I mean, and and I can go into a lot of that um, and, and, and would... Actually, there's a, a podcast series um, that I listened to a few weeks ago and I would like to get together a, a group to listen to it and discuss it, actually. Um... 
but it's a uh, it's about the history of whiteness and it just goes into you know when at least in America in 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 the colonies when the concept of white and black became a legal thing and 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 why it became in order to you know prop up and now you're going to sound like a socialist but in order to prop up the moneyed power i mean you you, you and it's not about socialism and capitalism it's about moneyed power always it has been about moneyed power it's about that today the people who have the money want to keep the power because they know that the way the world works right is is if it's not just if it's not just it's not ever going to be like equality egalitarian equality everybody's got everything the same right that's that's not going to happen uh let me say primarily because um it would it would require some kind of strong hand right it would require a strong power over everything to to do it and i'm not interested in that i'll just leave it at that uh, you know we we'll, we can discuss that more at a future date if you want to discuss that and 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 i would love to but I'm trying to keep myself from rambling any more than I have because what I'm trying to get to is the whole racism question and everything else when we talk about power privilege race even sexism and and all of these things is it's, it's it's about the power dynamic in individual situations right like you can't say like just because there's six poor black guys kicking the shit out of a white guy because he's white that that's not racism because they don't have any power they don't even got a pot to piss in well they got enough power to kick the shit out of that dude that would be power so we're gonna call that power and we're going to call that racism and then we'll move forward. Now, we want to call it physical racism versus economic racism or some other such thing. That's fine. But let's not define away the experiences of people. And and what I mean is let's not define away and I am not trying to like oh let's protect the the poor white people's uh, uh, sensibilities. What I'm trying to do is to come to a more perfect union, right? What I'm trying to do is to to come to a better place, not to repeat the mistakes of the past. See, because I believe the problems, the mistake. Of the, the mistakes of the past that led to the sexist, racist, yada 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 ist society 
that we have comes from our now how do I want to say this it, it comes from our desire individually our desire to maintain our own personal situation I'm cool with sexism because it supports me as a man even though I'm a black man it you know at least I got the position over the woman and I'm cool with racism even though I'm a woman because at least I got a position over that one and of course if I'm the white man over all of it I'm gonna be cool with it and then you have to continue the debate and the, the I mean when I go back and I look at the um, what do you want to call it? the um, the attempts to gain freedom it's always been a selfish thing them cats got together and they were not talking about women in fact, when I read uh, What's-His-Name's biography, Samuel Adams, him and uh, Abigail Adams were re- resp- corresponding about that. She was like, hey, make sure you don't leave the women out because we trying to come up too. He's like, you're right, baby. I'm going to make sure to bring that up. I don't think he brought it up as strongly as he might have brought it up I mean I'm not saying because I'm reassessing the whole like my love of Thomas Jefferson because he penned the Declaration of of, uh, Invitation Declaration of Independence and I'm leaning and this is a 10 year thing I'm leaning towards John Adams more and more because of uh, some of the Well, some of the positions on different things and stuff that that uh, oh, there it is. Some of the positions on things that that uh, he he held and you know just they were all flawed men to be sure. And uh, I still have a healthy dose of respect for them because they were the men of their times and they were much more progressive. At least some of them were much more progressive than uh, their time would have uh, expected and because of that we moved the needle forward and that's what we got to keep doing that goes back to my whole thing about we're not there's no bling, we're perfect it's more perfect a more perfect union we're trying to get better and you don't try to get better when you say you're great that's part of my issue with that whole common, you know, nonsense is because it, it, it negates the very necessity, the very necessary, um, attitude of 
humility. I mean, yeah, it's it's hard. Well, I'm at my spot. I've rambled for a full 20 minutes, and uh, I hope you followed along. And uh, if you followed this long, I appreciate it. Send me a message on something, even just a little touch that applause button. Let me know you got that because this was long. I appreciate that. What's good, Michael? Yeah, uh, I th- you know I thought that too, but when I went to the settings and I went to go to where it allowed me to do the paid, it said I couldn't do it until I removed the music. So I I wasn't allowed to because I've been playing Apple Music, and that's what they mean about that where you can't have. Yeah, I don't not understand it either, but I I read into it and uh, that's what they're meaning. So yeah, thank you though, and uh, it's good hearing from you. And I'll find out once I, if I'm able to remove all, you know, remove those and then I can go, then I know that's what it was because I did try to do it the other day and it just would not allow. All right, my friend, take care. Have a good weekend. All right. Peace. All right. And that was Patrick from We Live on a Planet, a great show that you should be listening to. Um, It's what, three days a week, but he was talking uh, there about <clears throat> the new uh, feature on uh, here on Anchor where you can get paid. Um, I'm not as interested in that right now because I don't feel like I've. Well, that kind of goes to a, something that I've been thinking about, uh, and that's me needing to take myself more seriously because uh, I haven't really been treating this like a podcast just like a scratch pad uh so it's just like loose ideas here and there and i really need to be more solid about that so uh if you're listening this long thank you so much i will do better about that and um um uh, yeah thanks to patrick and uh i hope that uh you don't have to i hope it's not too hard removing all that music in order to put your podcast over hopefully they can take it i don't know maybe just the podcasts that are that don't have music in them i mean that way it would just update free you know your list would update whenever that's a decision for them and their programming i'm sure um but here is a question that I have now that I'm thinking about it. The um, the when you publish an episode, like if I publish an episode and I make some statement, yada yada yada, please give me your thoughts and comments. If somebody calls, leaves me a message. If I add that message to the same show, will it just go on to that show? And then will it be updated when somebody goes to download from outside of Anchor? Will they get all those messages? I guess that's my question. Is like when I hit publish, is it like it's published and now it's done? Because I may be thinking about this in an old fashioned way where it's like, hey, boom published cut the tape that's it now here's it's a done deal here's the file but if it's really just a marker for 
what you've created there, then conceivably, if somebody listens to the episode later, it will be longer than if they had listened to it today because I will have added messages. Does that make sense? And is that how you understand Anchor to work? And um, will you really answer me? Really, you've been listening this long and you're not going to like answer me a simple question? Come on. I know you can tell me. As always, please leave me any comments or questions or reactions uh, or your thoughts. Um, You can, of course, do so on the Anchor app or you can hit me on Twitter at Michael T. Justice, uh, all one word, and uh, Michael spelled the appropriate way, that's A-E-L, and um, also Michael T. Justice at AOL, I can tell you, I just am not real good about email, (laughs) because I have about 50,000 emails right now, so uh, your best bet is going to be a call or a tweet.